0: Thank you for listening to The Digital Backpack. This episode was first published on February 17th of 2015 when the podcast was called My Blend Stories. This is My Blend Stories, and I'm Jeff Gerlach. I had a really great interview last week with Chris Stanley of Fraser Public Schools. Unfortunately, there was a slight error in the recording process. Yeah, I, uh, didn't record it. After talking for an hour and being totally psyched, I got off the call, and I noticed that Camtasia recorded only the video. So, I'm going to reconnect with Chris this week to have another go at it. In the meantime, though, we wanted to share a conversation that we had with Tara Becker-Udis from this past July. This is Tara's 10th school year since she first began teaching in 2005. At the time of our interview, Tara was a math and social studies teacher, as well as an interventions coordinator at Charlotte High School, a post that she held for nine years. A short time after we recorded this interview, she left Charlotte to take on the role of academic consultant at Ingham ISD. With the ISD, she's helping to support secondary math and social studies teachers across Ingham County, in the areas of blended learning, the flipped classroom, engaging mathematical problems, formative and summative assessment, and standards-based grading. In addition to all that I've mentioned, Tara is also an instructor for Michigan Virtual School. She's been teaching online math and social studies courses since 2008. In our conversation, we talked about her blended classroom at Charlotte and the merits of blended learning in general. We discuss both the advantages and the challenges of implementing blended strategies, how she adapted her practice around student feedback, and what she wishes she knew when she first started flipping. This is her story. Tara, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, what you do?
1: Absolutely. I teach high school math and social studies at Charlotte High School, and I also teach online at Michigan Virtual, and I taught a variety of different classes. I taught almost every social studies class, Algebra One, Last year at Charlotte, I served as our math coach, MTSS math coach, and I pulled out students who were struggling in math as well as teaching AP government. So I've had a lot of different roles at at the high school and and here at Michigan Virtual I've taught everything from middle school math to AP government online. So it's been, I've had a little bit of experiences with a little bit of everything.
0: So what inspired you to uh, start blended learning in your classroom?
1: Well, three years ago, um, we passed a millage in Charlotte, and we were able to do one-to-one iPads, seven through 12. And so I decided I needed to do something different. If my kids were going to have iPads in their hands, they were either going to play games while I stood up at the board and talked, <laughs> or I needed to implement something new. And I really started to look online. I mean, that's, that's where you go to, right? You Google things when you don't know what to do. And so I, I Googled, what do you do with iPads? And this, this flipped learning kept coming up over and over again. Um, which led me to Twitter, which led me to kind of building a professional learning network And that's really what led me to this idea of the flipped classroom um, and, the, and as I started the flipped classroom, I realized how powerful it could be and what's really interesting about it is The flipped classroom that I started with two two years ago almost three years ago now Has evolved so differently um, to what I'm doing now and I think that's what's beautiful about blended learning is it takes so many different shapes
0: uh, could you walk us through a little bit about um, what your your typical day looks like in those, in those courses with that FLIP model?
1: Absolutely. Um, here's what I think is awesome. I teach math and I teach social studies, and the typical day in each of those looks incredibly different. I'm actually in the middle of a blog post right now about kind of reflecting on how different blended learning looks in the two subject areas. So in AP government, um, we're on a pretty traditional flipped model. The kids go home, they watch the videos at night, everyone watches the same video. When they come into the class, we do a quick Q&A, 10 minutes where they have some time just to reflect on what they watched last night, what the key vocabulary were, what the key concepts were, and they're they're in groups of four while they're doing this. And then I'm able to go around and talk to every group of students. And so I know exactly it's a little formative assessment for me. I know exactly how well the kids did. There's days that I walk around and the kids look at me, we're good, let's go, move on. We're all set with this material. There's other days, uh, the federal budget day which is a bit of a complicated process that every year they come in and they're like, you know what, we did not get that. Like, can you help us out? And so I'll, I'll do a little mini lecture. Lecture doesn't go away in the blended classroom. Um, and then we go into, after, you know, I make sure everyone's got the basics down, we go into a lot of the Um, the real-life experiences. We do mock Congress um, where we have media and special interest groups and congressmen and they debate and discuss. We do a lot with current events where they're looking at what's going on right now um, and what's happening when the government is shut down. That's what we talked about during the class period. So it frees up the class period to talk about all of those really cool things that are happening. Um, And so that's really what AP government looks like. Math looks incredibly different. Um, And so what's really exciting, it's exciting to see how different it can look in the same school, same kids, different subject area. So my algebra classes this year, we tried a flipped mastery model in one of the classes that I co-taught. And that is where kids worked at their own pace. And so they took a pre-test, saw, okay, what standards did you do poorly on? What standards did you do well on? And then from there, they were able to just Continue on, and they worked on a. They watched the video. They worked on the the problems from the book until they understood that section, and then they moved on. And so we had students in in many different places. And so then the kids that I pulled out were the kids then that were falling behind, that were struggling with the standards. Um, and it was funny as I greet kids at the door, I'd say, "Okay, what section are you on?" And there were days that every kid that I had, all the ten to fifteen kids that I was pulling out, were on a different section. Um, and that was really, I think, nice for those kids because they're so used to getting. Kind of left behind in a math class, like oh I didn't really understand that, but teacher's moving on anyways. Um, they could they could see, you know, okay I'm gonna stay on this section until I understand it, and I have the freedom to keep working on that until I understand that section. So that's kind of a typical day I guess, but I guess in blended learning there isn't a typical day because I think what's great about it and what's great about the flip class is you can do a formative assessment immediately when kids walk in. And you have to plan your day from there. If nobody understood it, you're going to do something totally different than if everyone's like, yep, yeah, we're good. Let's move on.
0: Let's talk about advantages and challenges. Uh, let's start with the the advantages first.
1: I think the advantages is the idea of, you know, kids, well, with the flipped classroom, they can learn wherever they're at. Um, A lot of my kids, because we're one-to-one iPads, there's an app called Roadshow that allows them to download my videos onto their iPads. So even if they go home to a house that doesn't have Wi-Fi, they can watch it. If they're on their way to a sporting event, they can watch it. They can watch it at home. They can watch it at school. Um, I think that makes it really helpful for them. And then I think, too, um, a lot of kids in math, if you miss one step, and and you know how, High schoolers tend to be distracted sometimes. I mean, not, not all of them, but a few of them tend to get distracted. And you know, you can you can pause the video, you can rewind the video. Um, I have kids that'll say to me whoa, you got way too excited about the federal budget process. I needed to pause you and go get a drink of water and then come back and just kind of pick up where you left off. So I think that's really an advantage is that they can learn the lecture because we all remember in school being like the last one to take notes. You know, you're still trying to finish up the notes and the teacher's going, can I switch slides? Can I switch slides? And the rest of the class is going, oh my God, hurry up. Right. And so that's, that's no longer an issue. Kids can take as long or as short of time as they need to watch the video. And I think that's, really really an advantage for kids um, and then of course the other part especially in math I mean I can remember sitting at the table not understanding something my, you know and when you get to pre-calculus your parents aren't can't necessarily help you with that level of math and and some parents can't even necessarily help with algebra and so you're sitting at home trying to do these problems at home it causes fights and yep. I mean, I think we've all been there. You know, you, you, the parents are upset because this isn't the, how I learned it in school. And you're upset. And it takes you three hours to do 10 problems, and you probably got them all wrong. We're putting that back into the classroom with blended instruction. We're saying, okay, just watch the video at home. And a lot of kids say, oh, I didn't learn from the video. Did you learn half of it? Yeah, that's all you need. Okay, you got half of it. Come into class. I'm going to get you the rest of the way there. I'm there for you. Your classmates are there for you. So you're doing the hard work of math in the actual classroom which i think is just a huge and i shouldn't even say math in social studies too i mean in any subject you're doing what's really hard in class with support with people there to help you
0: so i think we uh, we can talk about challenges
1: oh yes oh. <laughs> yeah and there are quite a few challenges to blended learning and a big part is building that that community of kids who know that they have to take ownership of their learning so what what kids struggle with and my AP kids when I first started with this with them would come in and you know the first couple of days were rough they would say to me please just teach us please just stand up at the board and tell us what we need to know because that was easier for them that was their that was how school had worked for them for a long time so um, you really have to, A, model. Um, a big thing I do, especially with my ninth grade algebra kids, is we watch a video in class together and I show them how to take notes and I show them here is the pause button. You can hit pause. Here's the rewind button. You can rewind me. Here, you know what? Here's the fast forward button. When Miss Becker gets a little crazy and starts singing, because I do sing on some of my videos, um, you can fast forward. So teaching them how to watch the video I think is step number one. And then when they come into class the next day, you you have to model those things. And you have to say, okay, you're going to work in groups. Here's what a group should look like. Here's what feedback should look like. Here's what when a friend asks, I don't know how to do this problem. Here's what it looks like. You don't just say to them, oh, here's the answer. Here's what it looks like to help them. So really modeling that and helping to build, I think, a big thing. You have to try to get kids to watch the video. I have AP kids, algebra kids. They don't want to watch the video. They want to do anything at home. So... Um, the teacher that teaches next door to me, Tyler Bartolacci, in his geometry class. The day, the second day of school, kids come back, and if they've watched the video, they get to go with him on a scavenger hunt, and they take their iPads, and they take pictures of points, lines, planes. They tweet those pictures. They take vines. They do really fun things. And the kids who didn't watch the video then are with me, and um, Watching the video, and, and I'm okay. Obviously, you didn't understand our instructions on how to watch the video, let's do it again. So, getting kids active right away, and so they know this is what this classroom is going to look like. It's you know, if I do my part, you know, 10 minutes watching the video at night, I'm going to get to do some pretty cool things in class really helps out with that. But you have to model because it's not, it's something kids are not used to. So, it's all about modeling for the kids. Here's what our classroom is going to look like, here's what I expect
0: of you, right? I think that's a big misconception that this is intuitive for uh i love the word digital natives but uh, <laughs> but it's not i mean you might be familiar with something that kind of looks like that but not the intentional like pause it because of this fast forward because of this that you have that autonomy that you don't just have to listen to me all the way through and mm-hmm. um, that you can customize it so that's exactly. that's awesome that you do that modeling what were the the results for uh for your AP Gov kids, after um, doing flip for the first well, year, right? the first year,
1: yeah, twenty five percent of my kids got a five. So wow. yeah, that was and that was the first year where I fumbled my way through the first month. So you know and know that too. The, your first attempt at blended learning is not going to be perfect. Um, I really did stumble through the first month yeah. to figure out what the kids needed. I didn't always have the ten minute Q and A. And the kids on the surveys were like, We need something at the start of class. Give us something where we can you can recap and we can kinda of get a handle on if we understood it or not. So, you know, no it's not gonna be perfect. And and it's still my if you walked into my classroom there are days that it's not great. Um, and there's days that it's phenomenal. So it's you know, it's not an end all be all to the perfect solution, but it's evolving and it's finding what works for that specific group of kids.
0: But that that is impressive. That's a notoriously difficult exam and to have a quarter of your kids score five, mm-hmm. um, it, do you attribute it to certain aspects of, of what you were doing? Like, what what do you think um, kind of allowed that that greater number of kids to achieve like that?
1: I think the fact that they were talking about the material every day. They were talking about it. I always, I mean, we've heard the whole old adage that, you know, you... You remember what 10% of what you hear, you remember 90% of what you do. My kids are doing it. They're in class, they're talking about the vocab. I mean, I would do silly things like, here's a current event, you know, the that they were really interested in. Find as many AP Gov vocab words as you can. And they would actually go through and have to highlight them or or oh, this sentence didn't say the word special interest group, but it implied the word special interest group. So they were actually taking what they learned in the video and applying it in the classroom where they've never done that before if I'm up there you know droning on about how a bill becomes a law.
0: Right so you talked about um, the first year that you did it you kind of fumbled through it seems like it was still pretty good Uh, but like besides just uh, your own reflection what kind of informs your uh, your development in this like where do you where do you learn who do you learn from?
1: I learned from the kids uh, like I said, almost every nine weeks if not more, I give them a, a Google Form survey um, where they can tell me what works for them, what doesn't work for them. We had been doing these online book it's, it was from the textbook company these online simulations. I thought they were fantastic and so I used them all the time. My first results that I got from the kids they're like please like almost every kids please stop using these online simulations <laughs> we hate them they're not helpful. please stop and so I stopped. You know, and and the ten minute Q and A evolved out of what they wanted, but so that's one place that I learned from. Um, I I learned from Twitter, and I'm wearing my beautiful Mish Ed shirt today, representing. uh, So that has been phenomenal resource for me. Um, Mish Ed every Wednesday nights we get together and we chat, and uh, the people that are there are progressive educators. You know, and they're looking for solutions. Monday nights are the flipped class chat, and that's hashtag flipped class Monday nights at eight o'clock and i've learned so much from those people um and we talk about what are the challenges and you know hey my kids aren't watching the videos what have you done to get your kids to watch the video or you know um i don't know what to do in class because that's the biggest hurdle with the flip class is okay now i have 70 minutes a day what are we going to do for 70 minutes right Uh, so finding those those professional learning networks on twitter has been just immensely helpful and then you know, they'll say, "Hey, we're having a there was a Michigan Flip Class conference that I went to, and actually getting to meet up with people in Michigan that are flipping, and they're they're having the same challenges as you are." That's where I've learned so so much, and I would I would be a terrible teacher, and I I probably would have not continued the flip class after like stumbling the first month if I didn't have that support of Twitter
0: for teachers just getting started off, uh, never never done this blended learning thing before. Um, maybe they're, they're feeling like um, kind of how, how your students were the first first couple weeks in, in class. How do I get started? What, how can I get into this thing?
1: You find a professional learning network. You don't do anything on your own. Re- truly and honestly, don't try to do anything on your own. Um, find people that are like-minded. There's, there's people out there for any subject area. Sunday nights, another Twitter plug, uh, Sunday nights there's a high school government teacher's chat. And those people have taught me more about teaching AP government than I learned in four years. Well, I guess I have my master's, six, seven years of college. So, you know, find people that are doing what you're doing. And some people get really hung up on the video. You know, I don't like to hear myself talk or I don't have, I don't have time to make all of these videos. YouTube, oh my gosh, there's videos for everything. And there's um, an app called Edpuzzle that allows you to take videos that are already out there and put your own voice over them or take videos that are already out there use them to put your questions in there and so it's it's so amazing for for teachers and it makes it a lot easier than oh my gosh I have to create all of this um the other advice I would say is don't I spent the whole first summer thinking about the video and how I was going to create the video and making these great videos and then day one of school you know I was I thought I have 70 minutes what am I going to do for 70 minutes think about What can you do in the classroom that really forces students to take ownership? Because so many people say, oh, this is a great app. How can I use this app to do instruction? No, no, no. Think of it from, I want to teach students how to do this. Is there technology that can help me with that? So viewing it from that mindset. And don't view it... if. Blended learning doesn't have to be, it's called blended. It's not, you know, you have to be on your iPad all the time. Right. There's, there's days we don't use our iPads at all in the class. So, you know, know that sometimes you do have to go old school. You know, sometimes kids will say, I didn't understand your video. Please, you know, get, just teach. Go, go up to the board, help us understand it. And you do, you have to find, you know, find what works for your kids. Survey your kids all the time. Ask them what's going well, what's not going well. And, and I had to say, you know, the first time I said, be honest. Please be honest. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Your, I can't see your name. Can't see anything about what you're saying. Um, but you know, tell me what work, what's working and what's not, and get the kids' feedback. Because pe- teachers who get kids' feedback can make their classes even better, as opposed to those who just you know keep moving along without any student feedback.
0: Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you when you started doing uh, blending and flipping and, and all that stuff?
1: I wish I would have known I didn't have to do it all by myself. I've I've stumbled upon these PLNs as I've gone, um, as I've went through it, and I wish I would have known right away that I didn't have to do it all alone. I wish I would have known, like, you know what, maybe I don't have to make my own videos. Maybe my time would be better spent really coming up with engaging coming up with ways to engage students in their own learning as opposed to creating these videos. Because people, I mean there's people out there that have really nice videos that they've taken a lot of time to work in, so maybe I then can come up with the the classroom engagement piece and share that back with those people who have made the videos. So to rely on other people and that's that's been hard for me but you know I wish I would have known that right away.
0: (laughs) How is implementing blended learning changed the way you think about teaching about what teaching is
1: yeah this is huge i think for people who get into blended learning it becomes teaching becomes facilitating learning kids ask really great questions you know about how do you think the media does influence how people vote and i could probably go off on a tangent and appear really smart and theoretical but i'll say to them "Hmm, i don't i don't know let's let's talk about that and and sometimes I do know but I'll you have to convince the kids I don't know or like I'll say to them I don't know how to answer that question could you guys come up with an answer to that question because I I don't know Um, or I'll ask a question saying you know I thought about this this morning while I was listening to this current event and I don't know the answer to it can you guys help me and it allows them to they're taking ownership they're the ones that are doing the learning and I, it's made my I love my job I mean I used to you know oh this kid fell asleep and you know I I be quiet you know do this I, I wasn't through I like teaching but I love teaching um and I, I love getting I get to talk to every kid every day and I get to learn I I mean these seniors that graduated were the first kids I have in the flip classroom it was really hard for me when they graduated because I felt like I knew them um I i knew you know if they were a democrat or a republican and i knew you know what their what you could say to get them to think or you know what even things like how they did in their sporting event the last night because you just you have more time to talk with the kids not at the kids
0: well thanks so much for talking with us today um and we look forward to continue learning with you and all of our uh all of our online PLNs and anytime we see you in person. So thank you so much.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to My Blend Stories. For more, visit myblend.org.